This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Rubin. How are you? I'm good. Um, where are you today? <laughs> where in the world is <laughs> Suzanne Fritz Hansen? Um, I am in Dallas, Texas. How, how is it? Just in case there's another Dallas, I figured hey, I Hey, everyone in Dallas. <laughs> All right. Shout out to um, my people in Dallas. Yeah, you have people in Dallas. Uh, no, I actually don't know. Not yet. In Dallas. Maybe. Do I? Do I, know <laughs> in Dallas? I? I can't think. It's a big state. It's a very big it is, state. Yeah, it is big. Uh, I'm staying at the Adolphus Hotel, which is actually a stunning, beautiful, lovely hotel. So it makes makes my extended travel uh, even nicer. Well, that's one. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. How are you? So I'm good. I wanted to, you know, on our show, um, I don't know, like a month ago, you first kind of put out there this idea about what were my favorite pictures, what inspired me, and yeah. then in our a couple shows ago, you really sort of doubled down on that that bet, or maybe <laughs> I I doubled down on the bet, but it was like, could I come up with like the 50 photographs that really influenced me that I feel like. I don't know, taught me everything I know about photography. I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, I was, I grew up with all these pictures and I haven't taken a class and my photography is the way it is. So. Wait, you've I never taken a class? No, not really. No. Oh, there was I didn't know one, that. there was one class kind of in college, um, in printing and clearly I didn't get very good at it, but it was, uh, but <laughs> yeah, that was sort of the limit of my photography classes. Um, but now everyone's got a camera and, um, so we've distributed that anyone can take pretty good technic pictures technically. And mm -hmm. then my thinking was it's really, really the only thing you need to kind of learn to be comfortable or to like your pictures more is composition because the exposures and other things uh, at some level work themselves out. You can, you know, learn to get better at that, obviously. But mm -hmm. I, I was separating out composition as just a special class of things that would be really useful. And people teach composition by all of those rules and I keep contending that there are no rules you just kind of I don't know pick it up it's like how do you balance something on on your hand like well you move to the left no you move to the right I mean you can't do it that way does that make sense well without practice I mean it's practice I guess the, it's practice the more about you try how it feels right when you're, balancing, where it's gonna go. when you're balancing yeah. right isn't it just how it kind of feels in your hand or how mm -hmm. whatever so uh, so I did I, I took that challenge and I pulled up what I think are the 50 pictures that inspired me most that I, they're not necessarily the best pictures in history or the most famous or the most valuable, but I really think, you know, I mean, maybe I'll tune it a little bit, but I, I really think this set, if, if someone just goes through the pictures and looks at them and mm -hmm. literally spends some time with it, not just like, oh, that one, that's a pretty picture, but really looks at what's in the frame, what's not in the frame, what's lit, where the subject is, how their eye moves around, I think that you can't help but walk away and see things differently. So that's the, the we and do so that? I posted it. I mean, should we break? Should we like look at them? They're yeah, they're on Neo Modern. I see. Take a, a minute. I, I have them on the Neo Modern site. It's called the mm -hmm. Fifty. The well, I'll have a link in the show notes. 
Um, and for reasons I can't totally explain, I my URL is photo school. Um, <laughs> I'm not the most you know. methodical, you know. Dude. So it's called the 50, but don't go there. <laughs> go to photo school. It's but a I've never taken link. a photo if you class. Go to the but... web, if you go to the bottom link, you'll see the 50 there. Uh, and the first picture in that set is one of my favorite pictures ever. In fact, I think it is my favorite picture ever. It's hard to say that. Uh, it's by Harry Callahan. It's just mm-hmm. these silhouetted trees from Chicago, uh, 1952. And I'll I'll add, by the way, I don't expect anyone to learn who these photographers are or know the history, know the context. The point is to to just look at how this picture was composed. Yeah. All right. Well, and I should say something about today's episode is we are not in the same place, obviously, as I'm in in Dallas and you are in San Francisco. But um, I am behind my computer. So I'm able to sort of see these live as we are uh, as we're going through them. Maybe so our, I, our listeners could also bring up the 50 and kind of look through them when we're doing – I don't know. They're, maybe they're driving and it would be ill-advised. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't open your laptop while on the on the 405. Yeah, I'm but, not going to go – and, and, and honestly, you don't need a ton of explanation, but I thought maybe a quick run-through of what's here and what I sort yeah. of see. Um, do you, I mean, what do you think of this picture? Does it do anything I, for you? Uh I, I like it. I think it's it's always interesting the fir- like the opening line in a book or the uh, kind of the first of first in a series. So I I'm really interested to hear why you chose this as your first <laughs> image. Um, I quite like it. I think the high contrast is it's very bold. Um, just to describe the image for a second, it's like the bottom, maybe the bottom uh, like. I don't know, eighth or something is almost like a white ground of snow. And then you have these kind of fairly solid trunks, about six, six trunks that are then piercing that line, that horizontal line into as they're kind of coming out of the earth. And then there's like a gradation kind of from uh, a light gray to an even lighter gray as you go up, go up the frame in the background. And then the the branches, there's no trees, uh, there's no leaves on the trees. They're so fine. You see so many details. It almost looks like like pine trees, you know, where they have that much, those small little uh-huh. branches that go agro- uh, across each other. It almost looks like algae to me. <laughs> or or, or like lung tissue or something, right? It oh, looks yeah. almost I biological. I think yeah. that, so one thing I'd say is your thought that it's high contrast, I, that is, you know, the initial impression. But as I look at it, it's actually not. It has a lot of grayscale. It, in fact, it only works if it was super high contrast. You just have sort of white on the bottom and black trees, and you wouldn't see that the gradient, the line between the snow and the and Lake um, Lake Michigan behind it. So uh, it's actually surprisingly grayscale and not like high con black and white, even though it does it absolutely feels that way. But yeah. it, I don't know. The horizon is really low, and the trees make up the a large part, and and. I, I guess the the cropping of the trees, you know, you get the base. You don't need – I think of all the ways I might have shot this where you might be back farther so you see the top of the trees or you're – I don't know. You move the horizon in the middle in some way and, and it's not uh, – people talk about these rules about where the horizon goes and clearly it's not a rule. It, it works here because of the trees that you see this part of the tree and um, – I'm not sure I want to go into this level of detail on all of them because there's a ton, right? Yeah. But I I think that this is really an amazing picture to me because it holds my interest, even though in a sense there's no real 
action or subject in a sort of a classical sense. It it feels very abstract, and at the same time, mm-hmm. it's it's you know it's not like a a super close up of something you can't tell what it is. It's abstract, but it's a real scene. You know, yeah. it's kind of a distant medium shot. Anyway, I love this picture. I put it at the beginning just because it's. I stare at it all the time. I love this picture so much, and um, <laughs> and it really did start to change the way I compose stuff. You know how. What get, what did it, this do? Well, it, it, there's something about seeing the world. Um, you're kind of at a right angle to your subject. It's like there's a plane through the subject matter, and I'm at a right angle through it, looking at it. So there's a lot of ways. If he turned and looked kind of to the left a little bit more, the the horizon wouldn't be uh, parallel to the bottom of the frame. The trees mm. would be. You'd have trees getting farther and away in a different. Um, way I guess you know um, and you'll see that it a lot in certainly in my work and in some of the pictures here where there's that kind of right angle to the plane of the subjects that sometimes just squares it off it, it, it makes the composition feel a little more formal than yeah. when you're just kind of shooting at any angle I would say I would agree I feel like this is a very it feels very formal to me it's almost like these three couples, you know, where you have these, like, it's very, it's very balanced. You have those two that are on the outside that are close, even though it's like the ones that are just inside are further out than the ones that are just behind it that are inset. Mm -hmm. And then you have these two main, um, main trees in the center, which again, it's everything has such a nice spacing. It, to me, it almost looks like the trees were dancing. They (laughs) they were doing some formal, uh, waltz or something. And they've been, they've been caught in the winter afternoon. Oh, that's that's a very romantic way to look at this. <laughs> I like the other thing that um, is that the the tree that's there there is a tree that is sort of the center point to me, mm-hmm. and it's the sort of the fourth one from the left. It's it's the most forward. It's kind of the biggest. Agreed. Not by a yeah. lot, but you'll see as we go through these pictures that even in this composition, there is that mass there that seems to make the balance right. If that was a little bit farther back, I don't think the picture would work as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it was just equal equal weight to all of those trees. But it's mm-hmm. it's subtle, but it definitely feels like the front picture. Let's let's go to the next one. It's it's a similar kind of picture in a sense because it's a series like the trees, each of these kids. This is a, a this is I just I'm laughing because I just realized I'm so used to being on WebEx meetings and I was like, uh, my slide's not advancing. <laughs> <laughs> I just just realized that's because I'm arrowing through on my own. You are. Um, so all of you at home, make sure you're, you're going to have to arrowing manually through your do own this. pictures. I'm, I'm sorry. Ruben won't do it, it for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this picture from the late 60s by George Tice, uh, we, we have up at Neo Modern frequently because I like it so much. It's a sweet picture. I've talked about it a lot before, but I think one of the things that's interesting about it in in the way like the trees is that the subjects, there's a lot of subjects and yet there's still sort of weight towards, I don't know, the, the, the kid to the right in not quite all the way to the right. I don't know. Is He's looking straight at the camera or maybe those two kids together. There's more weight there, even though there's other mm-hmm. activity and each child is almost perfectly positioned in the frame in their own little world, right? Yeah. So to me, this is an example like the tree picture where in the real world, there's a lot of subjects and you still need to kind of create weight. Um, Each thing is in exactly the right place. It's well composed. It doesn't feel random. Um, 
And he's really caught this moment. There's all kinds of sort of exposure things, lighting things that are about snow and the grayscales that still works. But anyway, think about the trees and then think about these sort of kids in black. And they have mm-hmm. a kind of feeling that goes together for me. And then advance to the next one. Okay. Which, um, it's very – it's not a well-known picture. It's from the 40s. Um, um, stop the Civil War. <laughs> stop. It's the war. It's World War Two, right? Um, and it's from uh, these, you know, people on the street in Paris looking at these war posters. Mm-hmm. But again, look how they're all arranged in the frame, sort of like the kids, sort of like the trees. Mm-hmm. It, it's not necessarily about um, who they are. Like, they're not facing the camera. It's not a picture of Steve and Susan or whatever, right? It's 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 about the, this group of people looking at this thing. And you're not sort of featuring the poster either. You're not just, like, making it so it's easy to read. It's about their relationship to it, right? They're reading mm-hmm. it. But somehow the way they're all arrayed in the frame, again, reminds me that composition is about arranging objects in the frame. There's no, again... I wouldn't say there's a rule of thirds or, or leading lines or any of those things. It's about fitting the things in there and telling the story. And uh, I like that they're anonymous. It's not a picture of anyone. The kid picture, you see their faces. It's it's much more. Those could be your children or someone's children, mm-hmm. right? They could just – but here they're just strangers and it's okay. What I like about this one is that, it, again, I agree, it's a, it's a very formal um, – structure but it, it if you ever if you've ever drawn in perspective where you have the grid and then kind of the thing that is uh, closest to the camera or closest to the kind of the frame of the image, uh, then you have in sort of descending order as you go further back in space, it becomes smaller and it sort of spreads, uh-huh. you know, spreads out. And this is exaggerated, I think, by the people's height that the <laughs> the man in the med- in the middle ten is actually the tallest. But then you sort of have the in you know in descending height order as people go further in space, almost yeah, like this really yeah. formal That's uh, cool. draw. Do you, do you see how he's kind of like the tree, mm-hmm. right? It's a little oh, bit totally. closer, a little bit bigger. And clearly the subject, in a way, the, the energy center, even though they're mm-hmm. all important, but there's something about – I've found when I've taken pictures of groups of things, I could I could show you some pictures I've taken. I've mm-hmm. found that I sort of imitate this composition with the, the strong thing forward and then these other things drifting off into the distance. So, again, these are not just interesting pictures, but they kind of work together as you're kind of mm-hmm. learning these ideas. Compare that to this really sort of beautiful picture by beautiful. Munkazi, uh, Martin Munkazi, uh from Liberia, 1930. So this is a real sort of early modernist picture. It's kind of like both of those uh, pictures before this where the, the children are silhouetted. So it's not a portrait of them. They each occupy the sort of weight in the frame. Yeah. Um, there's that front. The kid who's closest to the camera has the most weight it's like the guy with the umbrella in the Burkhardt. It's like the the tree that's a little bit farther forward. Um, but they're so dark. And it has that same sort of rhythm, almost like notes on a staff, that yeah. you, you sort of feel this uh, composition go through go through the image. But here they're so dark that they almost look like cutouts. Like, like It's like the reverse of Matisse, where Matisse <laughs> would like cut out these uh-huh. forms and kind of apply them. This is like the image has almost the absence of... Um, of these like these silhouettes. Interesting. This is a beautiful and notice image. the hand on the left. Like yeah. there's a, a, a hundred to today, a hundred photographers would have photoshopped that hand out. 
Mm-hmm. They would have felt like it was a mistake. And I think that it helps. Like, it, it adds more to the story. There's more children than just the three. It's not that this sort of perfect thing. It's this caught moment. Mm-hmm. Um, there definitely is this ton of energy in the picture. They're moving fast. The, the waves are splashing. Yeah. Um, they're silhouetted by the ocean, but they're also dark-skinned, and so it, it accentuates that sort of silhouette. Uh, we'll come back to this idea where that hand is in the frame like that. It, it shows up in a few other pictures where, again, I think of these ideas of wabi-sabi, of like mm-hmm. not perfect. If you if we retouch or if we try to create this in a studio, it wouldn't have that hand in it. And I think that we, things are too, get too perfect, and particularly in this world of digital photography where we can modify anything, we it raises this, the bar, I think, for us to, to imagine you, your pictures could be that sort of perfect and that they're better for it. I think this is better for having the imperfections of that. Hmm. I don't know. Well, you know, it's real. It's real. This also is up in Neo Modern right now. I love this picture. Oh, and, really? Uh, nice. It's just, a, it's just really cool. How big is it? Um, I think all of these are, you know, most people, certainly for the history of photography, most of these sort of, quote, classic pictures are really like 8 by 10 you know, the prints are oh, really? 8 by 10 or a little bit larger, a little bit smaller. People are not making wall size thing. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I forget I'm in video. You see, yeah, <laughs> I can see you holding your hands up. No one else can, but that was right. You held it up correctly. That's how big it is. <laughs> um, the next picture, I, I, I part of it, it, it's by Alfred Eisenstadt, and um, he's a phenomenal photographer, it's also from the 30s, um, and it's backstage at a, at a ballet. The composition, they're framed by the window. It's got these really cool um, light and dark areas. And again, I like the silhouette of the one of the dancers and the side lighting of the other one. And maybe this speaks to me more as a, a lighting story than a composition story, but they're composed beautifully with the light behind them. And they're not centered. They're not at a third. There's a bar going across. You see that? It doesn't, it doesn't make it a worse picture. You know, if you, again, if, if you rejected it or photoshopped it to get rid of that, I don't think it would be a better photograph. Mm-hmm. It, it gives us a sense that we're peering into their private space because there's stuff between us and them, I think. And, and I just love the lighting. That sort of gossamer uh, dance outfits lit from the side. Yeah. It, What's it, also interesting is just how little these outfits have sort of changed over the years. Ballet outfits? Yeah, I mean, like you look at like Degas and then you look here in the 30s and then you look at now and they still wear these gossamer tutus and <laughs> the headbands and the toe shoes. It's just, it's in a way, it's kind of this this timeless moment that a lot of young girls have where you're waiting off stage, you know, waiting waiting to have your moment in the footlights. It, it's, it's lovely. Th- isn't that the cool thing about ballet that like the outfits are the traditional outfits of ballet for the most part when when there's modern dance sometimes it's like getting rid of that old school look of ballet right i, I mean i love modern dance but yes i think i think the appeal of both is is uh is really lovely it, it is it's like this timelessness this nostalgia that you can still take part in yeah and i feel about this the same as i do a little bit about the munkazi where we've caught a moment that clearly is something going on there's a story mm-hmm. there we we're sort of privy to it it's not a silhouette like the liberia shot but it's still not like a classic portrait you know again if you pulled your iphone out to take a picture 
I think a lot of people would reject something like this as being sort of too dark or you can't see one of the girl's faces or or mm. whatever. But I, I think that it's a, be- it's, a it's just a beautifully framed and, and also wonderfully lit. And that's one of the reasons I like it. I think what I really like is the importance of of light and that you get to see like the back of the, I guess the dancer in the foreground with her back to camera. Uh, you sort of see the le- the silhouette or the highlight on her left calf. Mm-hmm. Um and I, it's like, it it really, it's important to see that. Otherwise, you just kind of disappear into this uh, solid form. But you get the differentiation. You get like the, the subtlety of our figure. How important it is to actually catch all those elements to, to truly define something or the shape of something. Look at the circle, the curves. Like they're standing inside this sort of weird round uh, or oval window Portal, uh-huh, yeah. right? So you got the curve on the bottom with black on the outside, and then you have the window on the inside, and the composition gets the top of the window on the inside and the bottom of that arch on the outside. So it's per- like so it's been thoughtfully. So even though you're you're kind of cropping the left side of it, and it, it's 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 not even, mm-hmm. but it's very thoughtfully composed, right? Each of those pieces are placed in frame nicely. Uh, it's it's a. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful picture. Iran. Okay, so let's move to Elliot Erwitt, um, my one of my favorite photographers. He just is. He's so funny, and this is just perfect. There's so many things going on here. First of all, it's just comic, right? You're, you're in an art museum with all this art around, and this little crowd yeah. is around the frame that has nothing in it, or you know. <laughs> and but this is staged, isn't it? I mean, this is I something don't that believe he's it created. Is staged. I believe that Erwitt did not stage the stuff and he would just really yeah i'm pretty sure i mean um he's he's around i guess he could be asked i've never heard him talk about that but but he's not a photographer who staged things he was a journalist for magnum and i think he probably wanders around museums and saw this moment um (laughs) you know you've got again if we're going to talk about photoshop moments there's the guard kind of on the right of them down the hall a little bit yeah uh and, you know, someone might have taken that out as not being part of the subject or not being part of it. But I think that it adds it adds something to the mass on the right side. And then you have the portrait of the, that um, guy in the frame on the left who's almost watching them. He's a that's character. What I, that's why I'm like, this is got this is that seems posed because it's like that picture and then the statue in his picture. They're all they're all looking over at the other thing on the wall. Like, it's no one. Funny- it's no just one's a funny picture. Point, and I think, I mean, Erwitt's stuff, he's well known for his dog pictures and lots of his funny yeah. juxtapositions. But this, I think, uh, is unusual. And I, I think that it's demonstrating a kind of composition that I like where th- there's a story going on. It's funny. The juxtapositions are cool. And then the character, the the the, the painting is a character, you know, yeah. it's just as much as the, the people in the frame. Think how that's different. There's a the next picture is Cartier-Bresson. And um, it's also in a museum. And here you also have the artwork participating in the narrative, like that statue behind them is looking down at them. Right? What are you looking at? What are you looking What's at? What's over there? And the other statue is looking at them and they have a relationship. I love how they're peering. Mm-hmm. I like how for Cartier-Bresson, he used the darkness. I don't know whether he did it in the dark room. And I don't think he did because you can see some stuff on the left. But it's just dark behind these sculptures as opposed to the Erwitt before it, where the the scene, the room, and all that stuff matters to the story, right? The, the people and the scene. Whereas this one, 
it's better because it's so dark behind them. It highlights the the beauty in the sculptures and then the funny sort of body positions of the of the tourists. So I have a question on this photo. Like, why would you keep that bit in the left-hand corner? Why wouldn't you crop that out? You know, it's really interesting. I, I have two two sort of answers. One is my sense is I would have not cropped it out because I don't sort of want to crop, but I would darken it. I would burn it out so your eye didn't kind of move out there. Why didn't he do that? And I think the answer, and again, I'm guessing, is that Cartier-Bresson was a big uh, proponent of shooting, composing in frame and not cropping. And I think that he used a file and he carved out his negative carrier so that you could see the edges of the negative to kind of prove that you have the entire negative being printed and he's not manipulating. He actually got it. So in a sense, whether it's on purpose or not, I think he had an ethic that said he's not going to crop it out. But why he didn't burn it out, not sure what it adds, but it's really there. Like I I sat and stared at the picture the other day. I took this picture because this this image is not widely reproduced. It's hard to find this online. And so I basically had to pull the photo out and just shoot it. And like that's... That's what it looks like, you know. Huh. Um, I uh, I don't know if we should go through all fifty of these. Don't you think this is a bit? I would say ten. Maybe we just do ten, and then, or do you, are there ones that you want to look at? I I know that we're diving into, uh, diving into them more than than you did. Just well, I did. It's, it's starting to sound feel like a class, right? But I definitely <laughs> wanted people to spend some. It time. is called photo school. Just just for the record, it's neowater.com. Slash photo school. <laughs> it is. I, I, I'm, I, I just. I, I really, uh, you know, feel that you do not need someone like me explaining this to you. You can have your own experience of these pictures, but I would want someone to spend some time with them to think about this. Again, I, after staring at this picture, suddenly when I'm out in the world, I'm seeing, yeah. like I'm remembering these things. How I'm, I'm not imitating it per se, but I'm thinking about, oh, I like it when the background's kind of dark and highlights the things or you know, whatever. It, I, I believe that the lessons can be gleaned without you realizing what the lesson is. You just see it and it gives you permission to do things, to to try things. It's like visual osmosis. Is that a thing? No. <laughs> it is I don't now. Think so. I mean, we could we could make it another thing. Visual it doesn't osmosis. Rhyme. That's another shirt. I think that's another shirt. <laughs> Wait, you're going to have to write it down. You're in the studio. Oh, I'm oh, not. Okay. Grab the okay. notepad. I'll, I'll see if I can do that. <laughs> Um, let's, let's kind of wind this down. I don't, I'm not going to go through all of these. I think that we've, I've, I've introduced people to the idea and we can certainly okay. talk about it more, but I don't think I want to, um, belabor the point. The idea is that you don't need someone to explain it. So sitting here and explaining it, it's kind of, you know, misaligned. Defeating. All right. Yeah. Um, I do like looking at these pictures. I think that there is a lot to, uh, just a lot to see and a lot to learn. I think if you are studying any anything, you learn from the masters, you learn from what's gone before you, whether that's medicine or art or photography in this case. So I think that there's a tremendous value in seeing what's come before and how to how to see things differently to help with your own seeing. Yeah, yeah. Are you taking pictures on your trip? I am. Um, I uh, actually was just going through the pictures just before this because I had a feeling you were going to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I think uh, one of the things that I think it'd be interesting to talk about is taking pictures while you travel, uh, whether it's travel for work or travel for fun. It's just, it's different. 
and um, I sort of let's do that. Okay. Let's, okay. So we'll <laughs> we'll wind this down, and then let's let's talk more about your travel pictures. We'll, we'll do another great. episode where we cover more of the fifty of people like these. But I don't think uh, I think we've introduced the idea, and um, I got to at least talk about the Harry Callahan, which is really all I cared about. So <laughs> <laughs> we started strong. Um, all right. Well, I will let you close out the show, and uh, we'll we'll catch up in a. We'll catch up in a bit. That sounds good. And I will um, add, like, Neo Modern, we've totally redone our online experience. And um, I really want to do something good for the people who listen to the podcast. There's only, I don't know, 500 or something people who are, are regular listeners. We're about to hit 12,000 downloads, and I'm very excited about it. So there are discounts for you on that are available on our website I'll just leave it at that. And we want to, you know, and we want to see what you're doing. You can upload pictures. We can talk about them. You should get some stuff printed. Anyway, uh, that's my plug for Neo Modern. Uh, I will wrap it up. Anything else you want to add? Nothing. I'm good. All right. Well, our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco and sometimes in Dallas. Go to neomodern.com slash podcast and get show notes and see photos and comments. Leave your reviews and ratings on iTunes. And please don't forget to subscribe. And remember, we get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. So if you are getting something from our show, let us know. Let your friends know. Um, We love it when the audience is growing. Special thanks to Mitchell Foreman, who is out there making some new music for us. And all of you for hanging out with us today. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about. Until next time.